0: 17, 17, 21. 17, 17, 21. Welcome to 1721, a podcast all about shining a light on the path to authentic unity. I'm your host, Evan Black, and in our inaugural season of 1721, we are shining a light on what the minority sees that the majority cannot. In John chapter 17, verse 21, Jesus prayed that we would be one, just like he is one with the Father, so that the whole world may believe. So today, listen to learn from D1, who's going to help open our eyes to the divide in the entertainment field. Well, man, I am so excited for today's episode of 1721. I got my man with me, D1. And D1, we met uh we met several years ago at a function. And this is this is one of my favorite stories, but it's also one of the most humbling stories for myself because it was one of those events where there's a whole bunch of people around and we're all just kind of talking and, and we don't really know each other. So it doesn't take long for everybody to say like, so what do you do? Or we all knew one person, right? Or like, how do you know him? Um, <laughs> so me and you got to talking and uh, and I don't know, we got to talking. I was like, hey man, so what do you do? And you, you said, I don't know if you said you were an artist or a performer. I don't know how you normally describe yourself, but something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." So, like, would I know any of your songs? Now, I don't know why I asked this. Do you want? I'm te- I don't even listen to you rap, know. Christian rap, hip hop. Like, none of that anymore. Like, I listen to praise and worship and podcasts. Like, I am, I am lame. I am very Christian, and I am very white. <laughs> right? So, so you told me, uh, you said, yeah, I, I, you might've heard this song, uh, Sally May. And I'm like, man, I never heard of it, man. Like never heard of it. So I'm sitting there like, oh man, I feel so, so lame. So I text my wife like, Hey, have you ever heard of this song? Sally May. And she's like, yeah, that's D one. I'm like, oh, he's here. She's like, what? I'm like, hold on. Calm down now. Calm down. Hold on. <laughs> So I'm sitting there like in the presence of big time, have no idea. And, uh, and man, we just kind of hit it off since then, man. So, man, I appreciate you being on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, brother. Uh, this is this is an organic uh, friendship that was definitely birthed from an awkward moment, for sure. So, <laughs> so that's, and I love it. That's God. That's God working at his finest, man. Like what could have been an awkward moment turned into just... Awesome. Awesome friendship. I'm thankful for it, man. So, yeah, I'm, I'm
0: excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. We, we've we definitely connected. And um, and man, I'm telling you, you're amazing. The only only negative to you, and it's two and a half strikes, I'm just going <laughs> to be up front, is your fandom of the ain'ts, man. But you're from New Orleans. You are Mr. New Orleans. So, I, I give you a little bit of pass. But man, that's tough. That's tough to get over, man. Yeah. Hey, spe- speaking of that, man, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you? Maybe those that... uh. That are, that are maybe like me and aren't sure. familiar with that world.
1: Yeah, so my name is David Augustine Jr. Uh, my stage name is D1, D-E-E dash, the number one. Uh, I am from New Orleans, Louisiana, a public speaker, uh, a, a minister, um, an activist for sure. Um, and prior to jumping into this world of entrepreneurialism and and entertainment, I was... A middle school math teacher. I was Mr. Augustine and that was, I taught math and I taught life skills actually back in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So I'm a graduate of LSU, Louisiana State University. And yeah, uh, you know, I, I try to keep life pretty simple. Uh, I learned during my college years when I got saved that uh, that life was really about, you know, connecting with your, your, your greater God-given purpose. So I always from the time I was a college student I was seeking out what what could I do with my life that would that would benefit more than just myself that would make good use of the time and the talents that God has blessed me with um and that I feel like I would be motivated each and every day to um you know to continue to put in work in these areas even when things got got difficult or got hard so Uh, my whole adult life has been, you know, really an endeavor where I've been pursuing my purpose passionately. And as a teacher, uh, I was, I didn't mind, you know, they talk about teachers don't make much money. I wasn't, I didn't care about the money. I was, I was making a difference every day in that classroom and I felt it and it felt great. And you don't worry about, you know, what your salary is when you know that you are, you know, that you're playing a role in, educating our future and and helping souls to be to become closer to God ultimately. Um so that felt great. And the only reason why I gave it up is because I felt like as an entertainer, I had an even uh greater ability to reach people and ultimately win people over to um to God's kingdom. And I bet on myself, you know, I bet on myself to to see if I could really make it out here. I wasn't if this was sports, you know, I definitely wasn't uh, a draft pick. I was one of those free agents, you know, who who had to go and, and and, you know, win you over in person and get a spot on the team and in the league. And I feel like. Um, Why
0: don't you, know, you I, tell us that story? Because that's a great story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So for me. Um, as a college student, when I started when I started rapping, the one thing that really stood out was i'm I'm at one of the biggest party schools in the whole country l s u everybody's partying it up and i'm and this is at a time where um the music coming from my state coming from Louisiana was very much uh branded for being violent for being uh uh something that glorified a lot of drug usage um and, and a lot of you know murdering and killing and just and you know that was the total opposite of what my music was about. From the time I started rapping, uh, I had just gotten saved, so I, I was like, "Hey, my music has to reflect my real life, but it also has to reflect um, it has to reflect the God that's in me." I don't want I don't want my relationship with God to be to be out of bounds when I'm when I'm rapping. I want I want that to be included in in everything that I rap about. So. It was tough from the beginning for people to um, to be excited about what I was what I was bringing to the table as a rapper, and that's because I didn't instantly go and just start rapping for the churches. You know, I'm I'm sitting here rapping for the fraternities and the sororities on campus. I'm sitting there rapping in the same clubs where people are are you know loaded off all kinds of drugs and 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 drunk you know out out their body and. I'm in those clubs rapping or talking to the DJs trying to get my songs played, you know, in these clubs, and I never fit in from the beginning, never fit in. So, um, I know what it feels like, you know, to to be trying to do what what you feel God has called you to do, but for it to not be the cool thing. I learned that early on. So by the time I uh I stopped teaching to become uh, a full-time hip-hop artist, I had mastered the art of of how to how to deliver for the music and, and and the word that God has put inside of me in a manner that is still, I call it real, righteous, and relevant, you know? And another R is relatable. And I mastered the art of how to how to package what I do so that um so that people could really relate to it. And once people can relate to where you're coming from, they're open to Whatever uh, mess I'm with, and and that's been a story of my career. I look up and I blink my eyes, and it's been more than a decade that uh, that I've been on this journey. And you know, God has truly uh, taken me places and done things that I would have never imagined. I just wanted to, I just wanted to be able to do a show and have somebody know the words to to my songs. You know, when I'm performing, I remember, that was the thing. That was for me like that was the thing that's like man if i could ever do a show and i'm looking in the crowd and at least one person in the crowd is is able to rap my lyrics along with me i'm like man i feel like i made it and it's good that i didn't really have uh big lofty goals because uh now anything that does happen i'm just extra grateful and thankful and i'm just like god this is amazing all i wanted was one person to be able to rap my lyrics at a show and all this stuff you're doing, bro. This is great. Like, let's keep it going. So that's that's me in a nutshell, man. And the music has definitely uh, uh, bled over into ministry at this point for sure. So I'm I'm yeah. I'm very excited about that. Uh, definitely did not did not start out. You know, I had people like Lil Wayne and the Hot Boys and Nas and Tupac and Jay Z and Dmx in mind in terms of what the definition of success looked like. Um, as an entertainer, and now with God, you know, with God having, having, me, having me in this industry, I realize that success is determined by uh, how many souls I can play a role in, in helping get saved or planting seeds uh, with people that maybe another person is going to come along and fertilize those seeds and help them ultimately connect with Christ or connect with their purpose in life. So me realizing uh, the purpose that I was put into this industry for has has revamped my definition of what success looks like. So now when I'm coming to speak at a church or when somebody's like, hey, we want you to come and minister the word of God at this church. Or we want you to come to the Philippines to meet with other Christian leaders, um, you know, to, to figure out how to um, how to better do God's work in the workplace. And I'm being tapped into to do commencement speeches, or, or you know, to be in talks with the governor of Louisiana about how to ensure the success of Black men and boys moving forward. Um, These are not things that feel weird to me anymore. There was a time where I was like, "Man, Lil Wayne wouldn't do that. Like, that's not cool. That's (laughs) kind of weird, man." Like, but now I'm just like, "Yeah, like this, this is this is what he had planned for me, man." And, And I'm. And I'm gonna embrace it all and and try to uh maximize it
0: man, that's so good because it, it has like as I've gotten to know you and just kind of followed just for a few years, I man I've seen you know God's put you musically on platforms that are super influential reaching a ton of people, but he's also used you like you said in, in these other arenas where your your knowledge, your intellect your love for God is able to make a different kind of impact and um, not just sitting in those places or making those decisions, but you've, especially recently, you've been winning all kind of awards for this stuff too, man. And that's awesome to see people like recognize the work that you're doing. There's a lot of people that maybe listen to this or just kind of think this way that they see the financial success of somebody like you, uh, maybe athletes, other black entertainers. And they say that you're proof that racism is something in the past. What is it like um, being a black man in entertainment? Is racism in the past for you now that you've made all these, you know, had all this success and been on these platforms and won these awards and made all this money?
1: No, man, because I am every black man walking this earth right now. You know, I'm. I'm I am every black man walking this earth. So I am Judge Floyd. You know, I am Ahmad Aubrey. Um, I am Eric Garner. Uh, I am Michael Brown. So because of that, racism is definitely not in the past. It's um, it's in the present. And I am, you know, I am the dude who got pulled over a month and a half ago uh when you know I'm on my way to uh scope out some real estate to, you know, to make a big uh to make a big life move you know, on, on, on just on my end and, and do something that I'm, you know, really proud of. And on my way back from what was a great day, you know, I, I am over, uh, you know, between this is in Mississippi somewhere and, um, and you know, they come and search the car and, and they, and they, they pulled me out of the car and they just convinced that I'm transporting dope, you know, uh, uh, just because, because of the highway I was on and the time of night, and I am that guy, you know, who I got a hoodie on at the time that says, be real, be righteous, be relevant. I got what would Jesus do bracelets on? But I'm <laughs> but I'm I'm that guy who, even though I'm light skinned, even though me and you ain't that far apart, I'm still dark enough to where it's like, nah, we, we really convinced that this dude is is selling dope. So we about to ramsack the whip and and everything. So I'm still, I'm still that guy, man. So it's not, it's not um it's not in my blood to to want to become disconnected with the uh with the realities that 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 we that we still face and the realities that we still face are that uh racism is real racism is real yeah it, like it's real like don't like it doesn't have to scare anybody like it doesn't make you a bad person if you're listening to this but racism is real and yeah
0: do you experience any of that inside of the entertainment industry?
1: Yes, sir. I still experience racism in the entertainment industry, but they do it in a way to where it's not meant to be done right to my face or, or in a way that I specifically see. Um, see, I'm a, I'm a black artist who makes music from a black perspective. And because of that, it really connects with, the Black experience. And what that does sometimes is that makes, that makes people who aren't Black feel like my music isn't worthy of their audience, which is a non-Black audience. Um, so certain gatekeepers will oftentimes try to not grant me access to their platforms if they feel like, hey, this guy's music, you know, it's not for people like us. And, you know, that's that that's sad because um because I'm a communicator of of God's word. And I know that I know that the energy that I bring forth is something that's able to connect with anyone. And I like that I don't all the way fit into one box because it allows me to um it allows me to really always challenge whatever makes people comfortable. So, but, you know, if I'm enough like you to where you can relate to, uh, you know, some of what I'm saying or some of how I look, but then I'm not all the way exactly like you, then that means that there's a part of me that's going to challenge you to have to grow to either understand my perspective, understand my look, understand my story. And I think that that's a great thing. Um, you know, I never fit into cliques in school. The only click I was in was, you know, uh, playing on the sports teams, you know, playing on a basketball team or something. And, and that's a team. That's not a clique. But cliques, uh, I never really, never really uh, enjoyed cliques because cliques really, uh, they really promote groupthink. And groupthink can be dangerous when when everyone feels like they have to agree on 100 percent of uh, of issues and topics all the time and they have to move you know as a as a unit so uh i've realized that even in even in our christian faith uh although we should have the same ultimate goal and agenda the same way you would think that a basketball team does but then you realize that for some players on the team they're more concerned with their personal stats than they are with the team getting the win and right. Same thing with the Christian faith. You realize that some people are more concerned with helping people who are their same skin color uh, get to heaven or ensuring the, uh, the well being and, and, the, and the spiritual covering of people who look like them, but not necessarily anyone that's walking this earth. And, you know, realizing that is something to where I realize, hey, um, in 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 the in the right ways, uh sometimes you have to call out your teammates as well. Yeah. And that's something to where I have always been uh conscious of that from the time I was a teacher, um, to where I was like, the problem in this school is not the students. It's actually <laughs> some of these teachers who are in the teacher's lounge and they come to school on a Monday and they complaining already about oh, I can't wait till Friday come till you can get, you know, give me away from these bad kids. And, and you know, they're just so negative that I'm like, that energy, as soon as you walk in the classroom, those students are going to be able to feel that. And once those students feel that, it's going to affect the type of effort that they're going to give you. So because of that, man, um you know, I learned early on in my first job that sometimes, yeah, you have to call out the people that are supposed to be on your team so that y'all can make sure that, that that y'all's goals are in alignment to to go and perform together, you know, uh, to the best of y'all abilities. And that's what I do sometimes when it comes to our Christian uh, brothers and sisters is in love, in in love, I still try to make sure that, um, that we can make sure that issues like race aren't dividing us.
0: And that's so good. And it's so like, it's ridiculous to me when you talk about the the gatekeepers and, and man, I get that keeping you out um, or just keeping, you know, rappers entertainers like you out because the, your music I'm sure resonates with the black community, but also man, let's be honest, rap and hip hop. There's a lot of white people A lot of white kids. I grew up in the suburbs around all white people and, and, and hip hop and rap and R and B is all we listened to.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That, that's the, y'all are the primary consumers of of hip hop uh, music. You, you're right. So, so imagine if, imagine if, if the gatekeepers who, um, who kind of can control, you know, who's music. That's why the internet is so great though, man, because you, You need less and less gatekeepers when you have the Internet because you can reach the fans directly. And that's something that's beautiful, because now the quote unquote racism that that certain gatekeepers might uh, might have is something to where. um, Let me say this real quick. This is random. But. The sad part about a lot of gatekeepers is they don't. There seems to be tension when it comes to. People enjoying the idea of intelligent black music or intelligent, you know, black men speaking or rapping, and them having the ability to reach a white audience. There seems to be uh, a lot of uh, a lot of fear that exists when it comes to when it comes to that. But when it's ignorant black music, you know, violent black music, uh, inherently negative black music. Uh there, there's like an open door policy for that music to be able to um be made to reach the white community, and it's because I think a lot of people feel like, hey, this is just kind of like this is th- this is entertainment for the, for white people. This is something that they enjoy just hearing, you know, hearing this fantasy world, this fantasy experience that these artists are talking about, that these white people might have no. Ne- necessary relation to, but there is so different for them that they are like infatuated with this with this violent, aggressive, you know, black uh, lifestyle that's
0: being promoted. And, and so, let me ask yeah. you this: let me ask you this about that. Do you think? Because I've heard this, and, and man, I don't know. I love conspiracy theories, but I don't know how many I buy into. Mm-hmm. Do you think these gatekeepers are intentionally allowing that type of music or pushing that type of music and keeping artists like you out? in order to perpetuate stereotypes, racism, hierarchy of power and money. I think that. Or or is it just, this is what is most popular. This is what people buy. And uh, like, is it intentional or is it strictly a money move?
1: It's a money move. It's all about the money. It's a money. So it's,
0: it's not a deep conspiracy of let's keep the black man down or in, is it both? In
1: 2021, it's not a conspiracy to keep the black man down. Uh, in the 1980s, it was a conspiracy to keep the black man down. Gotcha. Yeah. In 2021, they're saying the black man is so far down that like that'll <laughs> take care of itself. Like they're killing each other at this point. Like they're they are so far down, it's all good. In the nineteen eighties, with crack cocaine, you hear me? And with mm-hmm. the uh with the with the native tongues and and the uh the uh uh the public enemies of the world and and the KRS ones of the world who were coming with this knowledge and, and this hip-hop, and hip-hop was about a decade old in the nineteen eighties. You know, hip-hop was invented essentially like in nineteen seventy-eight. So in the 80s, it was like, no, 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 no. We need, you know, as much as possible, we need to make sure that we don't allow that to become uh what's at the forefront of of you know permeating the airwaves. But nowadays, yeah. man, it's it's just about money now, bro. I've been signed to a major record label. I've been in the office with these people. They're not devil worshipers. They're money worshipers. They are, they are, they are money hoarders, they are. Um, they are afraid to lose their job because they're employees. They are simply slaves. Honestly, they are, they are slaves nowadays, slaves to, to a green piece of paper. And, and that's, that's what it is. So, um, the love of money is the root of all evil. So I guess technically, if they are making decisions based on their love for money, then that is the root of, of evil. And it, so it's indirectly connected to the devil. Uh, but it's yeah. not because it's not because they are worshiping Satan in their office, in their corner office, you know, in New York city. Um, yeah. it's, 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 it's financial, man. It's the, it's the monster of uh capitalism.
0: So I, I'm loving the fact that the gatekeepers have less and less control and people like you are able to put out what you want to put out. You released a song not too long ago titled Racist Christians. Tell us about that. What was the inspiration for that song?
1: Uh, once George Floyd got murdered, I realized that there were, there were a lot of Christians who not only did George Floyd get murdered, but this was an election year. So 2020 uh, is a year where at the end of the year, it's coming down to you know Donald Trump Uh keep them in or vote them out. Um, then you have, you know, Judge Floyd getting murdered in cold blood to where the entire world could see this. And it was just, it was just gruesome. And it really forced people to have to choose a side. And when I would see so many Christians justify um, why they didn't want to necessarily choose the side of saying this is wrong and these cops need to be prosecuted for this and, you know, we need to we need to look at the, the the systematic changes that need to occur to ensure that this doesn't because because this isn't just some rogue rebel cop who did this. This is happening far too often. And we need to understand and address the systematic issues that uh, that pertain to racism. When I saw that Christians, a lot of Christians, a lot of white Christians were not willing to um to 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 wanna have those conversations or to believe that change needed to occur. I said, man, we really have some racist Christians and somebody has to just call it out. And that doesn't mean that they have to be that way for life. And that doesn't mean that they're all going to hell. Um, Some of them were born into families to where racism has been the norm inside of their family and their household. And some of them don't know anything differently, but This is also preventing a lot of black people from wanting to be Christians. Racist, racist Christians are preventing a lot of black people from wanting to become Christians because they feel like Christianity has no love for people who look like us. Because they have so many examples that they can point to of, oh, that's, oh, that's. That's what a Christian is right there? Oh, this person really, or on this video, this person who's blurting this out or who's supporting this ideology or this pastor who's saying this or who attended this KKK rally. Oh, that's Christianity? You, you can miss me with that. You know, you have a lot of people who feel like that. And um, I did the song so that even those people could know that, hey, um, I'm one of y'all, meaning like I'm black, but I'm also one of them. But I'm not one of them to the point where I'm going to denounce the fact that they can be wrong, you know, in their actions and in their ideologies and thoughts. You heard me. So that's the same as a police officer being able to say I'm one of them. You know, I'm, I'm one of the blue people, but I'm not afraid to say I'm also one of these people, which is I'm a human being, you know, and. While, you know, while while I'm a while I'm a law enforcement officer, I'm also a citizen of this country. So although I'm one of them, I'm one of them as well. And I'm not afraid to call these these crooked cops out when they act up and when they act out. That'll make the civilians say not all police are bad. It's not F the police in general, it's just some of the bad ones. And that's what I, I feel like I did the song for as well, because I have a lot of uh a lot of brothers and sisters who are, who are Muslim, uh, a lot of brothers and sisters who practice all different types of faith. And I just want them to see that uh, I'm a proud Christian, but I'm not a zombie.
0: This is your invitation to the Pursuit Club. My name is Priscilla Black, and I lead this dynamic community of women who have decided to live in purpose on purpose. No more did we just want to be those Christians who are sitting on our spiritual couch and not making moves in business, in career, in family, and relationships we know we're called to make. Visit itsprisillab.com and find out more about how this club can serve you. Yeah, man, if if Christians were as loyal to Jesus as police officers are to the to the badge? Uh oh, man. Man. Um, because man, I, I don't I don't think I've ever talked to a police officer that wasn't really, really loyal to that badge. And I get that. I understand that. When you came out with that song, I, I on my social media, I posted it and I don't even remember what I said, but man, my timeline blew up with um all kinds of opinions. I mean, people saying it is categorically Impossible for a Christian to be racist to people saying, Oh, absolutely, you know, they can be racist. I mean, it sparked so much discussion um, and it got pretty heated pretty quickly. <laughs> I, I don't know. I know that you also, you know, got a lot of feedback. Everybody didn't agree with the content of that song. Your, the response to that song, what did that? Uh, reveal to you about the unity of amongst Christians
1: so the response to the song uh, showed me that there's a, a gap that desperately needs to be bridged uh, within the Christian faith to where um, number one man um, in any relationship, a disagreement should not produce the type of discord that is uh, that is such a turn off that it makes a person say. I'm done with you. Like, because of this disagreement, I, we, we had a relationship, but because of this disagreement, I am completely done with you. It makes you question what the relationship uh, how strong the foundation was in the beginning. So when I would see, you know, in the social media world, when somebody unfollows you, that's equivalent to, hey, we beefing. You my enemy now, you know? And so for me to get a lot of Christians... Um, instantly unfollowing me and and before they unfollow me they let it be known in the comments i'm unfollowing you oh because, they got to they got to oh, yeah like like because of this um that unfollow you know that's meant to like that's meant to hurt you that's supposed to have you like no don't go no please don't leave man so first of all it didn't matter it didn't didn't affect me at all the unfollows um you know but the the amount of anger that it produced in certain, in certain people uh, definitely allowed me to see that our foundation as Christian brothers and sisters is not as solid as, as we may think because what I wanted to do during that time, and I think I did it to a certain degree uh, between conversations that I had on Instagram Live with brothers like yourself, um, uh, other pastors, and even people who I knew We're on the other side of the fence on this issue and on this topic about racism existing within Christianity. I just wanted to go ahead on and have some real conversation to where all of our audiences could hear some um, intelligent, passionate, but productive dialogue about this topic, even if we feel differently. And it wasn't about proving you wrong or me right or anything like that. It was just like, let's just show people that you can have different uh, opinions on a topic and you can still love one another. Or let's show people that we might have different opinions on a topic, but after truly hearing a person with a different perspective, you end up saying, wow, I didn't see it that way before and now I changed my stance. And cool, like I I agree to this. I wanted to show people... uh, Everything, the the whole gamut, and and I think I achieved that because for people who who tuned into some of these conversations that I was having, they got to see uh, they got to see myself uh, engaging in dialogue with with individuals who felt differently than me about this topic. But when they hear that I'm not cursing at you, I am not um I'm not uh screaming at you. I'm not disrespecting you. In fact, I still love you as a human being. Um I am passionate about this topic and I do know that there's racism within Christianity and I want to tell you what my heart was behind this and then I want to hear from you. You know, like that that's such a powerful exchange right there when that can happen successfully. And I was able to pull that off, man. Um we didn't have any meltdowns, you know. I had one dude that had a huge meltdown uh, towards me in terms of, I got on Instagram Live with this guy, and before even just saying "Good afternoon, D," or "Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing?" He got on and he just went to firing. You heard me? Like he
0: just. Did you, did you know him? Did you know him?
1: No, I didn't know him, but he was okay. in the comments. He was in the comments in comments uh, that let me know clearly. Cool, you're a strong Trump supporter. You feel like if I don't support Trump. That means that uh, I'm not really a Christian and yeah. you don't feel like racism exists inside of Christianity. Cool. I can clearly see that from the comments he was leaving on my live. You feel me? So I said, let me call this brother in and see what's up. Man, the second he dialed in, he just went in. It's, it's like <laughs> he just played play on a pre-recorded rant that he had, and, <laughs> and he just went off, bro. And um, and even that, it was like that that spoke volumes right there about just man like bro it's it's me and it's my people it's people that look like me that are suffering from uh a lot of these atrocities and and a lot of these uh a lot of these racist actions and i'm not even saying that that people who aren't black can't experience um discrimination inside of christianity i'm it's like i'm open to hearing that as well but What's not going to happen is me to lose my cool um, because I'm in such, you know, I, I'm in such a hurry to try to, like, shut you up to where you don't even have a a, a, a voice or, or a perspective or an opinion. So I just like to hear people out, man. And once I heard them out, um, I'm good at de-escalating, you know, uh, tension yeah. um, for whatever reason, man. I, I'm thankful that God made me like that. Um, but I'm... I'm good at de-escalating a lot of tension and a lot of uh a lot of uh uh hostility. So that's what happened, man. And and I'm glad that people got to see that in person, to just see that um this is a this is a conversation that is is gonna be difficult for some people and it may come along with some unfollows or being uh unpopular uh with with, with some people and it's okay because who are we doing it for? Are we doing it to be liked by everyone or are we doing it to ultimately, um, uh, open minds, you know, to, to open people's minds and to, to spark, um, dialogue that will, that will, uh, uh, help people in the long run. I have students. I have two students in particular, not to, I always go back to my teaching days. I have two students in particular who I can say that at the end of my year being their teacher, um, they hated me, like for sure. Like, they, like, one, one, sixth, <laughs> one sixth grade uh, young man and one eighth grade young lady, they hated me for sure. Um, but the reasons why they hated me and the fact that I wouldn't allow them to take the easy route and just give up on their education and give up on themselves and the ways in which I try to challenge them, um, I'm curious. All these years later, I'm curious. If they would still say that they hated me, or if I p- successfully planted seeds that have ultimately made them say, "Wow, I appreciate that guy way more now," I'm really curious, and I would bet, yeah. I would bet on the 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 route of them appreciating me all these years later because um, I promise I don't come from a bad place, man. I don't come from a bad place uh, with these type of songs or, or with me trying to pull the best out of people. I don't come from a bad place at all, and And sometimes people don't see that uh, in real time and that's okay. You know, I'm cool with you not liking me right now.
0: So let me, let me ask you this. What do you think, whether it be entertainers, whether it be pastors or Christian leaders or just influential Christians, what do you think we ought to be doing to bridge that racial divide, that gap within Christianity?
1: To be bridging it. First of all, we have to, be able to show love for everyone. Like, I don't believe in being so pro something that you're anti, uh, like, I don't believe in being so pro-black that you're anti-white, you know? And some of my pro-black friends, if they see this, they might be like, I'm
0: unfollowing D right now, (laughs) (laughs) but- Wait, wait, can we pause right there? Because I, I I hear this a lot, like from from white people, either they actually say it or they imply it, right? Like at some level, being pro black is being anti white, and like I genuinely do not know any pro black people that are anti white. Like I don't know one. I'm not saying they're anti. So when you say that, that's interesting to me. Do you do you have like are there people that that are like overt like anti white? Definitely. <laughs> What? Yeah, You know. got to remember, I'm still new to this whole game, man. I'm a white guy man. from suburbs of Atlanta that was like 98% white. Like I'm, yeah. I'm I've been married to my wife who's black for 13 years. We got three kids, but I'm still I still feel really new to this. Like that blows me away. Yeah. Cuz yeah, I don't now. know any. Bro,
1: I'm bro, go if there's like a center of like like a like a midsection of the intersection of every single type of person um, that exists in this world, at least in America, I could say I'm at that intersection, bro. I promise you I'm at that intersection because I come from the hood, 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 hood. I'm talking about for real, like like it's all on CNN. The hood I come from, bro, like for real, it's a war zone. But I went to school on the other side of town to where my friends were black, Hispanic, Asian, white. Some of them were millionaires. Some of them uh, were, you know, middle-class, some were lower-class, and it was just this group of, you know, like this eclectic diversity. I come from New Orleans, Louisiana, which is a big melting pot. It's like a big bowl of gumbo with a little bit of everything that exists in this world. Including, uh, you know, I grew up Catholic, so growing up Catholic, ultimately getting to the point where uh, I found my own relationship with Christ, and then, you know, I've gone to Baptist churches, non-denominational churches. Um, uh, you know, having a, a ton of friends who, like I said, are Muslim. It's something to where, like, yeah, I know a little bit of uh, a little bit of everybody, and for sure, there there are some of my black uh, counterparts and associates and friends, uh, all three categories, who are so pro-black that they're anti-white, for sure. And then there are people who are pro-black, but not to the point where they're anti-white. And then I have white friends who understand that you can be pro-black, and that doesn't mean you're anti-white. And then I have some white friends who any mention of pro-blackness Scares the living daylights out of them, and they and they feel like, see, like, like I feel so, you know, disenCHANTED because there's all these black people out here who hate us, you know, they ex, they like they they hate our guts, and we can't speak up about that. So all of those categories. It's real,
0: bro. Uh, so I've, I guess in my head I know there's extremes. You know, there's extremes on both sides. Um, I can
1: call them right now. Like these ain't these ain't <laughs> random.
0: These are okay. People. So if you called them, yeah, and and you introduced them to me, like what is I, that? I would,
1: ha- I would have to say I would have to tell them before the introduction. Hey, just know that Evan is like my brother. You heard me? Like Evan is like I need like look. Before I introduce you to him, before I tell you what color he is, this is like my brother, bro. So just like, I would have to give this uh this, this introduction prior to introducing you, they would have to let them know like, like bro, if you say something that I know you wanna say or you start acting a certain type of way, just know that we gonna fall out. Me and you gonna fall out. I would have to let them know it's that serious or else soon as, you, soon as you come in, they'll be looking at me like, Nah, bro, like, <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah. So it's it's, it's wow, it's, yeah, bro. It's 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 real in the field, man.
0: Okay, so but, we got oh, to oh, let me say this too. Yeah, I yeah. got
1: this last thing. I want, I want, I want them to know. Like some of the people who reposted the racist Christians' uh, music video that I did are are Muslim, you know, and and, and are people who um who I know for them, it's like, you know what? I'm glad that a Christian made this, this song because this is what, you know, this is what we, uh, as Muslims, may feel, you know, a whole lot of, but we're not trying to incite a um, uh, a, a religious, you know, war of sorts. But, but since one of y'all said it, cool, I'm gonna post it, right. Right. and my thing is like, it's okay, bro. Like, like, post it, but just know that I'm still Christian even after this song. You know what I mean? And just know yeah. that that you know Jesus Christ is still my Lord and Savior. I still read the Bible. I still subscribe to everything that's in that word. You heard me? But I don't mind that because what that does is that allows us to that allows us to 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 be able to um, to engage in dialogue with one another. To where there's less of that us having a wall up when we when we trying to engage in any dialogue because of you thinking like oh you know you ain't gonna never say anything against any Christians or you ain't gonna never say anything against any Muslims. It's like nah bro there comes a point where um you know we have to be honest about about a few things and and us being honest about those things doesn't mean that um doesn't mean that we no longer uh are on this team, you know what I'm saying? But it's just like saying, hey, everybody on our team uh, isn't cut the same, you know? So that's all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody can't shoot. Everybody can't (laughs) shoot. Right. Some people just play defense or they don't guard a guy even though he can shoot. But we're not going to, we're not going to talk about that. Man, be quiet, man. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, let me just, little little side note. All the listeners, if you're ever playing against a short white guy, Let's just, let's just go with the stereotype and and assume that he can shoot. Let's do that. Uh, (laughs) You can't can't see the, you can't see the video, but D one's covered up his screen because there's a story behind that. Hey D so you said uh, Christian entertainers, Christian pastors, Christian people who are influential. First thing we need to do to bridge that gap is show love. And then I got you distracted. What's something else we need to do?
1: Okay. Outside of showing love we need to do, and when I say show love, uh, yeah, I, I meant, you know, I meant showing, showing love to, to everyone. And that's, and that's such a, that sounds like such a blanket statement to just be able to make, like, that's the easy thing to run to us to just, you know, show love, but it's truly the key. Number one, it's truly the key. Uh, it, and, and I would say come from a place of love, um, in your interactions with, uh, you know, with, with those who have different opinions than you, um, you know, come from a place of love, uh, have, have uncomfortable conversations uh, with people who have different viewpoints than you do. Uh, that is something that becomes harder and harder as you grow into adulthood because you kind of just want to associate with what feels familiar and what feels uh, safe. But that's not, you know, that's not the ways of Jesus Christ. Um, It's not. So I think that having uncomfortable conversations, um, coming from a place of love uh, when having any interactions. I think, uh, of course, showing love outside of that. See, it's really if you're doing those three things, it is impossible for you Not to have a more compassionate, broadened um, perspective of the people in this world and of where they're coming from. Because once I understand where you're coming from, even if I disagree with you, I automatically have a greater appreciation for you because I now understand your life experience and I understand uh your background or I understand the way that your the way that your brand works I mean for me that's that is everything i don't i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that I don't know a Christian in this world that I don't feel like I could get in front of, have a conversation with, and if that Christian started out in the category of what we would call a racist Christian. I don't know now one Christian in this world who I feel like, um, I wouldn't be able to, to reach in a way that, uh, that they, you know, that, that they, that they second guessed, um, some of their preconceived notions about, about blacks or about, you know, other races. Um, I think I would get them to put, to, to put that, uh, to put that racist uh, shield you know down on the ground, I, I, I do just genuinely by communicating with anyone, because uh, love has always won you know when it comes to me, love and effective communication, it has always won in my life, which is why I've always sought out platforms to be able to communicate a message, whether it's through music and through having a beat and, and 16 bars and hooks and, and rhymes, or whether it's just through having a microphone. Um, you know, or being a teacher, you know, and just having a classroom full of students who are listening to me. Uh love and and effective communication has always worked. Always. So I I can't imagine that anything other than those other than those three things that I just spoke about um would be needed.
0: Yeah, man, that's good. That's really good. And I, I agree. I think if if we did those three things not only would the world be different but the church would be different um which maybe that's the church. other way around right yeah. the church would be different which would should make the world different hey d what's uh what's something that you know maybe a, a white christian listening to this um what's something that they need to know about the entertainment field the entertainment industry maybe something specific to you um that that maybe just listening to your music and not having a chance to get to know you that they, they wouldn't know or would be confused about?
1: Oh, that's a great question. If someone only listened to my music, uh, if a white Christian only listened to my music and then didn't, didn't get a chance to meet me. Um, <clears throat> I always have a, have a, a, a funny relationship with, the fact that if a fan or a listener only hears one song by you and if they look to if they look to draw a conclusion on you as a man or as an artist based on that one song, um, that that can that that always leaves so much room for uh, error. You know, like every song doesn't have the same purpose uh, behind why it was created. Uh, different, you know, different songs have um have different purposes because for me it's a lifestyle you know me building a brand as d1 the artist um it's a lifestyle that is on the microphone and off the microphone on social media and off of social media so even when it comes to songs um it's i always i would say for a person to really uh to really dig in to understand the um the man that I am. And, and, and if you listen to my music, there's no way that you can listen to my music and not know the man that I am, but I don't think you know the depth of the man that I am. Like a lot of my fans don't know that I was a teacher and it, I had to kick myself in the butt last year and, and come to that realization that it, something that was so near and dear to me and that I think about every day and, and that really shaped me into the artist that I am today a lot of my fans don't know that I was a middle school teacher before being a rapper. And that's because if the first song that they hear from me is racist Christians, or if it's uh, long time coming or if it's high mom, you know, the new single that I have out now, there's nothing in those songs that talks about me being a teacher. And there's no guarantee that those fans go back in my catalog or go read a bunch of articles from the past few years about me. So, uh, so that's something that I would just want, is, you know, I, I, I just would want, I really do care about people, um, about people knowing the heart behind why I do what I do. Because it's very easy to lump me into the category of, oh, what, he's a rapper? Oh, okay, cool. Like, I have a preconceived notion of what rappers are, or why rappers rap, or what rappers um, are passionate about. And it's like with me, I think it's I think it's pretty unique uh, as far as my motivations and as far as even my path, you know. Um, So I would just want people to be in touch um, on 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 more than just that type of level. And I feel like that's 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 my job to do that. That's that's my job to maybe catch their attention with a song, but then to really win them over through a podcast interview you know, things of that nature. Um, For me, for them to see me maybe pull up at their church and either I'm just there worshiping that Sunday or maybe I'm there ministering or maybe I'm there performing and for them to be like, wow, like, okay, like, word. Yeah. You know, and, and that ultimately is what will, um, is what will make someone, I think, have an accurate representation of who I am and what I do. Same thing with you as a pastor, man. Um, if you got, you know, if you just had one sermon that you had to preach and that was the, that was the only opportunity that you had to ever reach anybody, it's like, man, that's such an impossible task to, to ask of you, I, you know. You could maybe not have that one sermon that won somebody over, but maybe it's like, bro, I've been going to this church. I've been in Round Rock for two years, and this dude is consistent. This dude is passionate. This dude is intelligent, and this dude is uh, is compassionate, you know, and it's all of those qualities that won me over. I love the sermons every Sunday, too, but it wasn't one sermon that won me over, uh, And, and and me to the Christ or, or won me over on past that, it was over time. It's what he proved, you know, like nobody got into the Hall of Fame uh, off of one good year, man. Nobody. <laughs> right. in sports right. year. No, nobody. So that's how I feel is I'm like, yeah, that, that's the biggest thing for me is like one song. Like if you listen to one song, like that's 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 not enough to um, that's not enough for me to have the type of impact that I that I feel like I was called to have.
0: There's a there's a, a part of the racist Christian song where you're basically saying like, hey, I'm going to look for these racist Christians. Like, where are they? And the reason I asked that question is because I had people saying like, you know, they don't know you. This is I don't know if it was the first time they heard any of your music, but they clearly don't know you. And I know that they don't know you because of how they responded to that. Like, wait, is he going to look for? Racist Christians to harm them, to to out them. To, I'm like, man, you don't know this guy at all, and you're you're taking you know a piece of this and making all these assumptions. And I think that's a big part of what I'm trying to do on this first season of this podcast. Is just, man, let's open our eyes. Like, let's let's take this a step further and not make all these quick assumptions and stereotypes and judgments, you know, you talk about having difficult conversations. Here's what I want to do. I want to have some difficult conversations with people who are on the other side of the fence of me. And honestly, like I'm on both sides of the fence in different, different scenarios based on different issues and all that. But, but uncomfortable conversation I want to have is, all right, let's go. We're going to talk about this, whatever this is, race. I'm not a political guy, but let's race. And here's, here's the caveat. You can't regurgitate anything I've heard before. And let's have a conversation then. So if you, if you start to tell me something that I've heard over and over, you can't, that's, that's out of bounds. Wow. Because let's have a conversation about what you really think, what yeah. you really believe, what, yeah. you know, what God, how God's leading you instead of what you're being fed. Cause everybody says, oh, this side is woke and this side is not. This side is believing what the media said. This side, is, okay, let's have a difficult conversation. If I've heard it before, it doesn't count. And let's, <laughs> let's talk. Man, D, we're out of time, but man, I, I so appreciate uh, you doing this. How, how can people connect with you?
1: Uh, uh, my website where I have all of my, uh, my merchandise is uh, missionvisionlifestyle.com um i have a patreon which is uh which is a exclusive subscription-based platform to where uh i i've built an online community on my patreon that is that is special it feels like i built an online church of sorts and it's which is why you know i was hitting you uh about some stuff offline a few days ago as i was just riding through my city thinking man but uh it's been amazing so that's patreon p a t r e o n dot com slash d1 music d e e the number one music uh we have a great time on there uh building and just really going deep with one another and um outside of that is d1 music on all social media platforms d e e the number one music and all streaming platforms spotify apple um all that good stuff is just d1 d e e dash one so that's it bro. Uh thank you man. Thank you for thank you for being the man that you are bro. God has definitely uh connected us. Um you know, I think we both see a light in one another that we that we admire. So I definitely yeah. uh definitely appreciate just your wisdom and just your temperament. That's the right word. Just your, your tep- temperament resonates really well um you know with me and with a lot of other people. And I know it's the type of temperament that uh that you'll be able to catch the air of anybody on this earth, because, um, you know, you, you're not, you're not coming from a hostile place with anything, but you're not, you're not scary either. You're not, not afraid to, (laughs) not afraid to have a difficult, the difficult conversation and whatnot. And I think that's exactly what we need from a leadership perspective, uh, in
0: 2021. Man, I appreciate it, man. And thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for living your faith, um, away from the microphone, uh, And man, I just appreciate your friendship, man. D1, you're the man. I appreciate you, man. Much love, brother. My man, D1, is amazing, talented, full of wisdom. What an excellent episode. But now it's time for the segment that you've been waiting for called What in the... And we're going to start with What in the World. What are some other resources out there in the world that we can take advantage of to grow, to learn, to continue this type of conversation? And today, I want to emphasize and highlight and recommend the Black Minds Matter podcast. That's Black Minds Matter. It's a podcast uh, actually with Timothy Revels, who was on an earlier episode, and one of his guys, and they cover a wide range of topics, but it's, uh, it's really well done. Most of them are short, under 15 minutes, and it's informative, and it's enlightening, Excellent, excellent podcast. I'll put the, the details to that in the show notes, but check out the Black Minds Matter podcast. The next part of this is what in the word, what does the word say about some of the stuff that we talked about in this episode? Proverbs chapter three, verse six, may be a familiar passage to many. It says this, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. So D1 talked about this, about inputting God, incorporating God, having God at the center of of who he is and what he does and even what he creates. And so I think that's good for all of us to remember to keep God in the center, make him not just the head, but the middle, the tail, everything, make him everything. And so in all our ways, we need to acknowledge him. And when we do that, he will make our path straight. Well, that does it for this episode of season one of 1721. Thank you, D1, for helping us on this journey to authentic unity. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. In our next episode, which will be our last episode of season one, we will listen to learn about the divide in beauty.